Today on This American Dice, we present to you Dungeon World, The Fate of Blackburn the Lesser, Episode 7. Entering the network of cisterns and wells beneath the destroyed Orcish Quarter, the team continues their effort to find or avenge the heir apparent of Piranesi. They know the honor guard came this way, and they know they weren't alone. But what dangers await them? Find out today on This American Dice. The honor guard and the heir which are and at this point you guys are are positive of it i think it's not been 100% confirmed but you're like well it is a kid with these honor guard i assume that was who they're guarding um that they went in that direction and i think you guys also learned that maybe they're not alone uh jared as farley has removed or led led away the the hound the hounds the orcish hounds and so you guys have the time to go into this cistern. Um, so the idea was that it's like a faction of these uh, honor guard that kind of betrayed everybody. If I remember correctly, right? Or is that still unknown? I think that's still conjecture. You might think that. Gotcha. But I don't know if you have like direct evidence to prove this stuff. Again, I wish I had edited it to get the <laughs> second half of that. I just edited edited the part where basically it's like Farley's going to die. <laughs> where, okay. So where, we're, we're still uh, thinking it could be the Orcs or could be the Honor Guard. Right. The, the Honor Guard, uh, There, it would make sense that if there was some suspicion in your head here and um, you guys didn't really encounter the Honor Guard that Farley did that tried to kill him. Um. Took her clothes but, though. What's up? <laughs> Took her clothes though. You did. T- t- you did uh, disrobe a lady corpse and take her clothes. Uh, I actually did it. Any of you do that? I literally did that. Okay. Yeah, it was like the magic idea. armor. Yeah, it is. Armor, it's like right? very good armor. Yeah, I just didn't know if you were like, oh, I don't want that armor. No, I'm definitely wearing it. Okay. Uh, and also, as far as other loose hanging things, at one point in the last session, I had a decorative iron ingot in my hat that appeared to keep me from damage. That's yes. a thing, right? Okay. But I don't, I'm um, not like super aware of what it does, but I know it did that. Yes. Okay. I will. Yes. Cool. Um, if early on you mess around with it, I can just give you some very quick information about it. But yeah. Yeah. I don't want it to become a whole tangent if I, no. if I ask about it during the game session, but no, it's, it would be very quick. We see Pascal, Spearchild, Comet, and Donato Amalfitano standing there amid these ruins. These were the ruins of like these big, almost think like brownstone y type buildings from like New York, where like these are the biggest, the palatial estates within this orc quarter. You're, you're in a city, so nobody has this huge, sprawling amount of space, um, but they built up is the deal like they have a decent amount they're decently sized and then they have three or four stories those stories are gone at this point now it's just kind of the base maybe the first and second parts of the second story but since most likely most of the floors are made of wood covered maybe in tiles and that stuff then the fires that wrecked this place in the pogrom the cistern which is just something that was probably not probably was made out of some kind of stone that had these huge, heavy gates, maybe even a stone that has to be moved from it. Um, You could tell that somebody had moved this aside and maybe haphazardly closed it. Um, But you know they went down there, and then, like, I'm sorry, after you've gotten the divine guidance, you can tell this is the spot. So, uh, Donato, I'm just going to go ahead and say that you know that this cistern is significant. It's not like, oh, it's just a storm cellar. Or it's not like, oh, it's just a well. Like, this is a... This is something that you had heard that um, the orcs that lived here spent a lot of money on. They probably brought in additional materials and resources the stone that's used to build this isn't that coquina which might be too porous 
and so you know that this is uh this is this is a significant thing this is like a like a, almost like an underground well complex more so than a just you go in there there's one room got it okay so like um place you weren't allowed to go if you were attending a high society orc function at this mansion yeah i would say that almost almost nobody would really be allowed down there under normal circumstances this would be the equivalent of like you being like i'm gonna just open up a sewer like a manhole cover and just go down there and see what's going on like you're gonna get in trouble or or the equivalent of i'm just gonna walk into the water treatment plant and just kind of fuck around yeah classic saturday night yeah do you remember carl and bradenton where they had us go to the water treatment plant a bunch of times on field trips i vaguely recall that they had us go to the water treatment plant and the landfill multiple times. Man. Truly educational experiences. Yeah. We we really got to see all of our all of our town's glory. You guys are here. You know this is the direction to go in. Um my question isn't what do you do? My question is who goes in first? And what are you using to light the way? Because this cistern is entirely pitch black. Like you're going into a well. Or a well complex. You're going into the sewers of ancient Byzantium. Or something like that. Um, I'm going to pitch. I'm definitely not going in first. Um, I, I would prefer to be in the middle. Almost like a sandwich. Um... But uh, I do have the ability to, uh, as a rote, cast light. Uh, an item I touch glows with divine light, about as bright as a torch, and gives off no heat or sound and requires no fuel, uh, but it is otherwise a mundane torch, and uh, I have complete control over the color of the flame, uh, and it lasts as long as I'd like. Uh, and I feel like we have a big pointy stick uh, that, uh, Pascal, uh, you, you purposely use, uh, I feel like we, we kind of been having a theme here of, uh, holy light in your spear, uh, why not, uh, you lead the way, sir, and also we light your spear. Sounds great to me. Okay, yes, yes, yes. And I'm going to, uh, like, I, I'm gonna look at you very carefully, Pascal, like, I don't know, like, I don't want to be, like, disrespectful, like, I don't want to touch the spear wrong. Um, and I'll just, you know, I, I don't know if my hands are cold. I don't know. Because he kept saying it's alive. Like, I don't want to be, like, discourteous. Uh, and eventually I'll, I'm going to uh, touch the, the tip of the spear and have it emit a, uh, a divine light. What color right. is it? Oh, wow. Great well, question. Bef actually, before we do that. So it's a rote spell or a cantrip or whatever you call it. Right. Unless you have some power that d changes this up, you still need to roll for it. Right. Um, I could commune, but that takes a while. So I, I just figured to have you roll for it to then decide how you want to describe stuff in case, like, something went terribly wrong. Great question. Let's find out. Uh, that's a six. Um, so that means it doesn't work, right? So it's a six plus your, did you add your intelligence oh, score? I did not. Or not your intelligence score, your wisdom. intelligence bonus. Is it intelligence or wisdom? Oh, for a cleric, it's wisdom, right? So then that's an eight. There we go. Okay. So yeah, so that's very, very different. All right. Uh, I'm going to have Ilmata revoke the spell. Oh, damn. That's my, I'm already taking negatives on, uh, on stuff. So technically it would be a seven, which is still a success, but fuck. Um, yeah, so I'm going to revoke light moving forward, but I'll do the Miyagi. And then I'm like, oh, sorry, sensitive, like, you good? And then what uh, is let, let's go with, uh, I want to go with like a, almost like a magenta color. Because I feel like if it's going to be like green, it's going to make me think of like, poops and it's gonna make me queasy if i do yellow 
obviously. Red is blood. I just, I want something that's pleasant, because we're about to go in a sewer, and I'm not thrilled. Oh, man. So all of a sudden, as you guys light your way in here, it's like a scene at a Mandy, all of a sudden. (laughs) So, yeah, so you guys enter into this cistern. Um, and like I said, uh, it's it's as soon as you go in, you you think to yourself, though, this is a lot bigger maybe than you thought. Again, Donato, you have this expectation that it will be bigger. Um, but none of you had ever been here, even with your familiarity with the Orc Quarter. That isn't you were even the average orcs wouldn't be allowed in this place. This would be for people who were working on this because this is where this is the thing that fed the wells that provided a lot of the Orc Quarter with fresh water. Is it currently dried up, I guess? Um, ooh, as or you go empty. in here, I think the answer is no. Yeah, I think the answer is no. Given that most of the destruction done to the quarter was, like, fire, most of this is underground, and inherently fairly wet, given that it is a cistern, I don't think it would have been destroyed. I think it's actually... Um, this gives you an insight into what the orc quarter looked like much more at its pinnacle. And given that it was something that they spent a lot of money on and had craftsmen come in and build, including in in materials that they maybe didn't have access to. Let's get something about this place. Um, I'm almost imagining this as like an underground Roman bath. But I am not married to that. So, everybody just give me a thing about this. Try to keep in mind what we already know about the orcs. Um, I think in addition to gray water that we're walking through, uh, I want to say it's going to also be a combination of ash and either human or orc humanoid body fat. Almost like it's like slick. There's this weird sheen to it. Okay, so the the water itself that you can see is um, is really gross. And I think when you guys initially go down, you're not in the water, like you're going through like you're going through steps down into this, mm-hmm. and uh, you can look at the water and you see it in the light of Pascal's spear. And yeah, it looks it has that weird opalescent glow, like uh, this like water that has an oil slick or spill on it has looks real disgusting. And it's, it, there's also a lot of particulate gunk in it too. Almost like a grease trap that hasn't been cleaned out in a really long time. Yeah. Something like that. You can also tell us not just about the water, but about the structure itself. Like, are there decorations in here? Cause theoretically no one was really meant to be in here, but that doesn't mean they didn't decorate it in some way or another. This is a culture that is not our own. Yeah, are we just going down the line, or what's... I... Wh- whomever wants to, to to speak, so either Pascal or Carl. Um, yeah, I was kind of going on uh, that same direction. Uh, I was thinking maybe, like, at the... I don't know, like, the hubs of these areas, like, important areas. Maybe there's uh, some kind of frescoes or something going on, like artwork. Okay. So you're thinking maybe, like, either frescoes or relief work kind of stuff, like, on the walls... Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. Um, any particular subject matter that's covered? I'm thinking just uh, like prominent leaders or something. Okay. So that, what was the the fleet smasher, smasher guy? And fleet, for sure. Fleet crippler, Dor- Darthog. Dor- Dor- there, you go. there he is. At least him and maybe it, several others. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's just characters that you're like, almost imagine walking through a yeah, a museum with a lot of like great man history type stuff where you're like, here's all these people that were super important and you but you can't read any of the information or there just are no information cards. Where you're like, here's somebody who seems important. I don't know who he is. I don't know who she is. And so you see these uh uh what do you think? Relief stuff or frescoes? I was kind of thinking frescoes because when they like deteriorate with the water over time, so you can tell that they're very old. Sure. I guess reliefs would too. But yeah, okay. So we've got these frescoes like painted into the walls where they were painted into the, what is it, where it's mixed with the plaster or whatever it is. And um, they've started to 
they've started to get gross in the humidity down here. This is the kind of thing that had to probably be redone. Uh, but again, this is an area where people aren't supposed to go. So this is almost like a level of reverence that's like not expected of what you know of orcs. Like maybe Donato's more familiar with this level. Like this doesn't surprise him as much. But for Comet and Pascal, this is a strange level of kind of like reverence and respect that these orcs seem to have that uh, they painted these painted and maintained these pictures of these orcish or uh, these orc leaders. You've got somebody, you know, you've got, you're clearly like, well, that's supposed to be the guy outside in the, the statue. Although actually we never went to that exactly where that statue was. So maybe Donato can remember it like, Oh, that's obviously Darthag. Um, but then you've got other people who are like leaders of armies. You've maybe got somebody who is a, um, like, like the equivalent of like a mystic or like a preacher. Like you're not sure if they're supposed to be a religious leader or a wizard or what's going on. And, um, maybe you've got, uh, you've got pictures of, you've got a painting or a fresco of a city that you're like, I have no idea where that is. That could be anywhere. It's not here. And maybe if you've been in Piranese for long enough, you know, like, oh, that isn't even the Orc Quarter here. Like, it's not like, oh, this is what the Orc Quarter looked like long ago. You're like, who knows where that is? Uh, Carl, anything anything else that we notice? Anything else that we see? Sure. Let's say that also at each of these hubs where there's sort of like a major um, artwork uh, that they sort of revere or honor, there's also um, the, like the equivalent of like a light bulb where like at some point before the or quarter fell to ruin they had like imbued some minor magic magic where there's like a flickering like torch and you can see no fuel for it but it's presumably been going ever since the or quarter stopped being uh, a vibrant place and but so it's not completely pitch black down here unless you get you know unless you're between a couple of these hubs then it's dark but around them there's little light sources Ooh. okay can I add can I add a wrinkle to that? So I think when you guys come in, it is pitch black. And eventually when Pascal brings uh, his spear near one of these, Carl, you can see it and maybe you can identify it as such. And they're not activated at present. So that means oh, there sure, are okay. so there are magical lights in here that could be activated. Um ooh. You just added a wrinkle into this. Okay, so maybe they're not lit, but like when I get down there, I recognize like, like I see these sort of crevices where like that's a possibility. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and take back what I just said. I think with uh, what's going on, one of the things that you notice is, um, when you come in, like the initial stairwell down is pitch black, and then when you get to like you said this first hub. There are some lights. The lights are dim. They are these magic lights that you see. Um, do they look like little just like lanterns? Do they look like glowing rocks? Like, let's say it looks like a torch, but if you look at it, it's like there's no oil burning. Um, it's just like the semblance of a torch, but there's a fire burning out of it, and there's no no mechanical explanation for why it's still going. Okay. Is the light, does it look like regular firelight? Is it flickering that despite the fact that there's no wind down here yeah it looks a little tempestuous um and maybe it doesn't look quite like you know classic white light um maybe a little more of a maybe a bit more of a greenish tinge to comet's great distress all right yeah so when you get to these hub areas that have like these big pools that um you can see probably like there probably is something that feeds down into it that just has this constant slow trickle of water. So if anybody had to pee, now they really got to go. Um, but this like constant slow trickle of water that you can, if you guys were engineers, you could probably determine was collecting out of different areas of like kind of the cliffs and whatnot up above. And it's rain. And since it's been raining pretty heavily, like this water is coming in here. Sometimes it might be just like a, like a quick drip, but now it's kind of running like a faucet into this. And um, like, this is how water would be collected to be distributed to the various wells around the orc quarter. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, you, so it's not totally dark in here. You can see this and you can see these frescoes. You just threw a big uh, change up in this game, Carl. And I'm totally fine with it. That's what makes you the best, Austin. There you go. That's why I'm so good. All right. Um, but yeah, so you've in these hubs, you've got some lo- dim low light. You can see where you're going. One of the things that's a bit of a pain in the ass about this place is you can realize it required that people come in and clean it constantly. And uh, the last time it was properly cleaned was probably 10 or 15 years ago. And so a lot of the floor is covered in like growths of like mold and mildew and slime and maybe even just algae where it looks like, oh, this looks almost like a still pond has grown up at times. And since people aren't utilizing the water that was coming into this because it's an abandoned quarter for the most part, um, it's flooded significantly um and so maybe as you guys are walking you're walking in water where normally you would just be on kind of dry stone um on like the deck of a pool and the water would be in the pool instead it's come up over it and you're like up to your ankles in some of this water uh it's gross for sure um but this this is the area where you are it is slippery for sure and um in the in the big cistern holding areas, uh, it's not so bad. And for Pascal, this is easy for you because you have the light source. But for whoever is person number three in line, this is tougher to watch your step as you're walking through all of this. So just as a heads up, this area is 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 tough to get around in, and. Uh, when you have to go between these cistern holding tank areas, it's real rough. I bet it smells great too. Oh yeah, it's like a gross wet mildew. Um, plus a lot of the rocks at the top were probably like limestone type stuff that purified some of the water. Actually, that's, that's wouldn't be bad, but it's old water that's probably like dank and nasty. Probably like still stale water. Oh yeah, for sure. The odds are there's probably all kinds of gross bacteria living in here. That's probably great. What is that? Yeah, exactly. Who knows? (laughs) Well, we said we're in a Renaissance-type era. Maybe someone has uh, conjectured that such things exist. You're one of those people that think the tiny goblins are in water? Get out of here. I tell you, they're goblins. So small, you pray not see them. That's my version of uh, uh, their... uh, uh, the Piranesi Pasteur. So this is where we are. Um, once you go in, you hit like a main, like big chamber. And then off of that, there are kind of divergent tunnels. So there's at least three of these tunnels that kind of go into different directions. And again, the main area seems to be lit up. But down these tunnels, that's the darkness there lies. Um, I would clarify that uh, the sandwich I had uh, said earlier, I'd most likely be behind Pascal. Mm-hmm. Like, ball, uh, like, I, I don't know what you're wearing. You're wearing, like, armor, a cloak? Or... You're just holding his ponytail? <laughs> the sick ponytail? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was wearing, like, scale armor. Uh, I'd maybe, like, find, like, a place, like, almost like a handle I could hold on to. And then with the other hand, I'm hiking up these these trousers mate uh, i do not like these shoes they're going in the garbage they're rubbish after this uh but you know i want to at least keep my pants yeah uh and i'm not having a good time i'm like i'm having like a three out of four or i'm sorry three out of ten where before it was at like a solid four out of ten so it's like it's gotten significantly worse uh and i'm not happy this is this is awful i hate this but yeah so you run into the question of which way do we go george is there any indication that anyone came through here before? Like a footprint or a, a waiting mm, it's ripples on the... Oh. Mm, you're... I was going to say, there's definitely not f- footprints in the traditional sense of footprints, but maybe you could find something if you want to... Uh, sounds like a in- 
not investigate a mystery. That's a different game. <laughs> Discern realities. That's the name of this game. Ooh, pretty good. Um, I think that's a 12. All right. Not bad. So oh, sorry. It's an 11. Oh, that's all. Never mind. Idiot. Whoa, whoa, the whoa. trap, the trap opens up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a really hard trap. You only escape if you get a 12. Um, yeah. So you, you're, looking around you're trying to figure out ripples in the water maybe look at like some of this if you get your spear under the water itself because the spear doesn't extinguish mm. the, under the water it glows just as bright um, you can look at probably the the moss or like the scum in the water itself that you couldn't see without the spear being in it should I answer or ask these questions yeah Based on what we were saying, uh, what happened here recently makes the most sense. When you look at these footprints, you're like, oh, sh like um, when you look down at the footprints in the scum and algae, you can actually see a fair number or amount of it. And amount of it, a fair amount of them. So a good chunk of people have come through this very way. And... Uh, you could wager probably a crowd of at least half a dozen uh, people have come through, some of whom had very large footsteps, footprints, some of whom made very large footprints. Um, so you can probably wager, uh, you know that the honor guard came through here and you are reasonable to think that they brought the kid down here, whatever the, whoever this kid is. And there are these huge footstep footprints. There are these huge footprints that you would be reasonably able to guess might be orcs. Hmm. Okay. So again, if the honor guard are likely down here and they're not alone. And hmm. how, how was that question worded specifically? Uh, what happened here recently? Ooh. And they went that away and you can see they went off to the east. Oh, perfect. Sure, east. I pointed to a different direction in my head, but yep, to the east. That's the one we're going with. Um, do you want me to hold these or burn right through? Um, I would suggest you're you are welcome to hold them, but if the situation changes drastically, then they might not be relevant anymore. And I might go like, oh, no, we. we but the situation has changed. That's fair. Um, I'll go through them real fast. Then, uh, how about what should I be on the lookout for? Ooh. Um, this isn't an exciting answer. It is very slippery down here. You are going to have to watch out, and you probably won't have a problem because you can see where the hell you're going. But almost anyone else is going to have a hard time too. And a suggestion I'll give you to give you something out of this is if they also have light sources, it might be easier for them. Hmm. So hmm. if they also had light, so light sources, if they also had light sources, it would likely be they'd likely be able to see some things that might represent a danger to them. So since you can keep your spear under the water and above it easily. You don't have to worry about that. But the other folks will probably have to. Gotcha. And, um, uh, what, else oh. to, what else to worry about? To look out for? It seems like there's probably orcs in here. <laughs> right. You, 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 you knew that from the previous thing. And then uh, lastly, what here is not what it appears to be. I'll go with. I'm going to answer this question. Thanks. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm going to answer this question in a way that is more about your instincts as a warrior than about like, like you touching the grass and going like still wet. They were here. Um, like kind of a thing. You're looking at this place. And from what you know of cisterns and presuming, presuming that Donato has told you that's what this is. This isn't a place you go. This is a place you, and I think I brought this up in the last game, but 
knowing that this is a cistern, this is a place you go to out of desperation. You don't come here out of strategy. Um, maybe there could possibly be some like additional way out, but you're looking around at this place and you're thinking this is entirely based around just collecting water and sending it out to these wells. If I came down here, I would know that I was almost trapped. So I would be coming down here in desperation and probably as a last stand. Hmm. Okay. So you can wager that these honor guard that are here in their heads, they're not getting out. You're like, yeah, if I had to go down into this hole, my, my thought process would not be like, and then I win the game. Like it would be, how do I, how do I have my last stand down here? Yeah, that makes sense. It's kind of what he was thinking last time in that mansion, I think too. Yeah. He's like, oh yeah, just like I thought. I think we said, we had said something very similar to that. And you're just, so if we had said that before, then you're like, yep. You, you can put yourself in the heads of these people. Um, maybe we can learn something about, uh, Pascal. Pascal, you're obviously an extremely skilled warrior. There's an obvious answer to this question. Why aren't you in the honor guard? You don't have to go with the obvious one, but why aren't you in the honor guard? Skilled as you are as a warrior, why not? Hmm. Um, yeah, I guess the obvious one would be that he talks to the spear, but maybe even before <laughs> that, it's a. Uh, maybe he uh, they accuse him of stealing the spear because I think we we said that he got it in that the original orc kind of raid against the capital, mm-hmm. and he walked out with this very expensive looking spear, and the the emperor, the uh, whoever was in charge of this, was like, "Oh, great." Um, spoils of war let's see that we can give it to the, the emperor or whatever and he's like no this one's mine what are you talking about they couldn't prove that he stole it so they're like well we know you're lying but we legally can't do anything so you're gonna be stuck as like a city guard for the rest of your life you suck how's that okay so they think that he they think he's kind of a, a criminal that they just can't pin this stuff on right interesting all right. I thought that maybe be more interesting than the obvious. Again, like I said, yeah, there was the the obvious one. Okay. Well, yeah. So you've got that. Do you get a third one, or is it just two for that? Uh, no, I, I asked all three. Okay, you did. All right. Well, knowing that, Pascal, you know they went off. They went off to the east. Yeah. So he kind of points this up. Uh, magenta spear over there it's like well they certainly went this way and uh looks over his shoulder you know you you boys don't have any uh torches it do you pretty slippery here i can see fine in fact these guard boots they're pretty high no mate i don't I don't have a torch. I gave you my only means of making a torch. Well, I guess I'll have to be the light for all of us then. Let's go on. I think, uh, Donato, yeah, like, he, he still has what he came with. And, um, he'll, he'll stop looking around long enough to, yeah, like, light his own torch. Um, so he didn't find torches in the gear he'd found on the island, but, or in this area, but I think he still has some left from the original. There you go. Yeah, you, you guys found rat, uh, adventuring gear, but it was adventuring gear that specifically wasn't torches. That's right. Did we yeah. start? Did anyone start with adventuring gear? Let me look. I, I thought I did. Um, oh, you know what? Let me let me walk that back over here. So it looks like I choose one, and I, what I chose was halfling pipe leaf. Mm-hmm. which is not adventuring gear. <laughs> so in that case, no, you're right, actually. I don't have uh, torches. Well, let me let me retcon that. All right. He'll, like, he'll, be like, he'll go look through his, he'll look through his bags of stuff he found 
He's like, yeah, I'm sure it's here. And he'll look through it and he realizes, oh, I found a lot of things, but not torches. Yeah, maybe he rations for days, literally. He he, he takes out a <laughs> takes out the pipe and just smokes it for a second and is like, that's the best I got. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's my contribution. As long as you're inhaling, it kind of makes a little light. You yeah, use that. He just asphyxiates himself, trying to just be continually smoking the whole time. Oh yeah, you did have the note. Like, there's no torches in them specifically. Yeah, so I guess I guess we're stuck. Then let's let's keep going. While you're going through your shit, Carl, one of the things that you find out it one of the things that you find is that that ingot. Right, which, which was previously, previously had in, in my hat. cap. So I assume you maybe keep other things in there as well, where you might look and be like, is there a torch in here? Who yes, knows? sounds good. So um, it's tough to see it first in the light. Um, but when you bring it close enough to the spear, one of the things that you can see is it is now uh, super rusted. Okay. Like, like tremendously rusted and not even hours, not even an hour ago. Okay. This thing so I, was this big, solid, black ingot of iron. I think you can put two and two together here, and his assumption is that this is some more magic similar to the curling fingers on the amulets of the Wound Weavers, and it saved him from a vicious head blow earlier, and it's sort of expended its uh, physical um, durability. You could do a uh, spout lore move if you want. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, that's, and that's an that's intelligence a, roll. Yeah, okay. Um, so 2d6 plus your int bonus. I got over 10. Awesome, yeah. So you are 100% correct. That is exactly what's going on. So this was a... Um, and maybe you even have like a, a remembrance of how that javelin was flying at you. Mm -hmm. And you were like, this javelin is going to hit me square in the chest. And then almost as if an updraft hit it it instead hit this ingot. And so you could wager that this was some kind of magic that attracts attacks mm -hmm. and absorbs some of that damage. By additionally, my estimation, go ahead. Additionally, it's just a big metal ingot. So by something hitting it rather than you, if it's a sword or a arrow or a javelin, it's also going to kind of block it a little bit in the regard to like why they the bullet hit the Bible I keep over my heart all the time kind of right. a thing. Like so inherently it's also going to do that. So there was a chunk of damage that was supposed to absolutely like I said Phineas gauge you where that javelin should have ripped through your head but instead it hit this thing and it just felt like you got kind of like hard like somebody punched you in the head. Still okay. it felt very bad but the option was afterwards you could still continue to feel things. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, unless I have a surefire way of knowing whether it still has any magic juice left in it, I'm just going to put it back in my cap. I'm going to go ahead and say that you know that as is, it does not. Okay. So as is, it does not have any more magical juice in it. There could be something that you could do if you had the time to reinvigorate it or okay. possibly um, work with somebody to create something like it. But Ooh. at the moment, much like the fingers, you can tell that these are kind of, um, what is the term, fetishes? Right. Like these kind of like singular items that have this power, and then once they're exhausted, they're exhausted. Okay. Okay, that's great. Well, then I'll, I'll definitely keep that. Um, I'm not expecting it to save me but I'd be very yeah. interested in studying it later. And that's and that actually fits, sorry to throw so much lore at you, but you were spouting it. That fits with kind of the stereotype of orcish superstition and folk magic that a lot of people had. And that's like, oh, they have these items that are good luck items that you put this cat's paw that's been covered in, like, dipped in, part of it's been dipped in lead um like 
under a pillow and it does this thing. And then when it's all rotted, then it's not useful anymore. And you have to either get another one or do this other thing. Like that's kind of the stereotype of orc magic. And a lot of the stuff that you had maybe learned about early on fits better in with that. And that's what frightens you about these orcs that you encountered where that shaman and the stuff that that shaman was doing didn't seem like, oh, I have to create these little items and trinkets that have these powers. Possibly it was very here and now and in the moment and terrifying. Yeah. Okay. Here we are. Nice. Okay. Cool. Well, um, I'm just going to go ahead and kick, kick shit in the butt here and tell you, this is the point where you guys, uh, you guys hear like a scream and it is a scream that goes for a, a moment and then is silenced. What kind of scream? Like a child scream or an orca uh, scream? It sounds like a shriek, like a, like a shriek of agony. And then it's, it's cut off. You hear it start. It doesn't even hit its crescendo and stops. Is it in the direction we're going? It is. I'm going to pick up the pace. Pascal, I assume you are, you are lead, You are the head of the spear. Absolutely. All right. So Comet and Donato, it's going to be a defy danger move to avoid some of these, some of these to either slipping, so it will probably either be dexterity or wisdom to like really watch the fuck where you're going. Either be sure-footed enough or to be like, I spotted this even in the darkness with just Pascal's light ahead of us. Okay. So you could use either of those, either dexterity or wit. I'm sorry. Yeah, dexterity or wisdom. I'll use wisdom with the idea that I'm sort of familiar with the architecture. Um, and I know that it's slippery down here. Um, I'm also going to follow with wisdom, and I got a ten. Ten, awesome. I got a five. Oh, not great. So, Comet, you got no problem. Pascal, you don't even need to deal with this. Moving the spear in and out of the water, you can see where you see ahead of you, and then tuck it back down in there to see, like, into the water to see, um, kind of pitfalls and not traps but like cracks and that sort of stuff um comet you're able to keep an eye on what he's doing enough where you can remember what he sees to where you are and so you're almost using it in like a rhythm type method of like i know but by the time i get here i'm gonna hit what i saw him just avoid and you can avoid it too and maybe Donato, um, why is it that you straggled to be third in the crew, even though you initially had picked up the pace? Why is why is it that you're you're falling behind? And this doesn't have to be something bad for Donato. It's not because it's like oh I'm just too fat or I shit my pants and I can't. Like, it's it, <laughs> yeah, it's not it that necessarily. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, actually, I, I do think that's a decent explanation. Like, Donato he's too is fat and his pants. Yeah, it, it's, he's so full of doo-doo pants, and he's really ashamed about it. Um, but, uh, no, like, I think these, these two guys are, like, sort of in the prime of their lives, and they're younger. Donato, you know, he's not an old man, but, uh, like, he, he responds to the call of danger, but these guys also did, and they're, like, booking it. And maybe Donato, you know, he's not, not as spry as he used to be, and he's trying to keep up, but like he just sort of falls behind a little bit just physically okay we have dealt with one of these already and now we could we have dealt with one of these already and we can do with the other my question for you carl was and i'm gonna let you choose this one donato runs into something that's a problem it is not a trap it is not a trap that someone purposely set that you are springing it is something you are falling into or encountering and my two things here are either some kind of pitfall, like you slip and fall, or this place has not been taken care of. There has been this crazy um, localized calamity, this pogrom or pogrom that happened ab above you. Maybe rocks fall on you. How about this? How about like um, 
you know, he can still see them ahead of him, but he's a, just a little bit behind. And when he looks off to the left, like he sees something like tantalizing. Um, and he's distracted, or like he sees something he thinks is really important. Like maybe there's like a like one of these hubs is lit up, and he sees like um, something he recognizes. Um, okay, I can I can go with that. So maybe you guys are going down one of these corridors that's basically pitch black, and there's a small offshoot off to the left, and you guys you're going towards the sound, you're moving ahead, and Donato looks over because he's far enough back that like the light from the spear doesn't interfere with this glint and he sees a glint in this direction mm-hmm. and he stops and looks over or slows yeah, like down. it looks like there's there must be something or someone over there mm-hmm. um and like he could either try and like call them back uh but like maybe like you know he doesn't have great success with that because like sort of like the the acoustics is cavern or he just like check it out real quick himself and he wants to do, do that Ooh. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there and then just use this to kick this story into into gear. Um you see that glint and you're like, what's down there? And uh like you kinda like look to go ahead. When you kind of step towards that, you you stop, you pause, you slow down, you kind of go towards it. What is the um you see this light suddenly illuminate in front of you like the light of a torch but this isn't the light of those slow torches around you this is something much brighter and um staring right in front of you is one of these orcish warriors yeah okay so here's my question now for you guys carl gets the first hack at or shot at this but then other people can certainly throw stuff in um if these orcs have kind of the fetish the, the fetish-esque, like, one-use equivalent of kind of magic torches, which maybe they do, what does that look like? Because I was trying to think of the equivalent of somebody being like, and then they turn a flashlight on, and then you're like, whoa, shit! Um, but what is... They have the equivalent of this. What is it? Oh, okay, so instead of, like, um, you know, you light your flint and uh you have a certain oil supply and you you have a torch instead like they have these orbs that maybe the size of like an ostrich egg like a big oval and when it's time for them to use it they like they like crack it and like all the liquid runs down their arm and like down their chest and like glows like really bright until it's expired that's too fucking cool man i also i want what can we combine that with david's idea absolutely that it's some weird creature's eyeball. Oh yeah, yeah. And they, so they, they have this things. They have these this thing, and they just squeeze it. And it, yeah, it's a glow. It's a glow stick. So this is this weird. What color is it? Uh, let's say it's sort of like um, like a glow stick. Like it, like there's several. Like it, they don't know what color it's gonna be when they do it. But it's sort of like uh, this sort of greenish, pinkish, reddish sort of like thing. Okay. Oh, so the, yeah. Oh, it's because it's an eye. There's like different liquids or fluids in there, and so there's slightly different colors, and it makes them look like a neon nightmare that just came to life in front of you. So it's these. Uh, yeah. So you just see this orc, and she's standing there, and she's crushed this. And um, the unfortunate thing is. The unfortunate thing for both of you is you're both surprised. The unfortunate thing for you, Carl, is that you're not a uh, a terrifying orc warrior who's ready to be surprised. <laughs> yeah, not at all. So, it's your meat cute, yeah. Yeah, so you, you hear this squelch noise and it lights up the room like almost like this big blinding explosion and you see her face and um, some of the stuff splatters onto her face. Uh, and then like, it's like also running down her arm and like part of her chest. I'm sure somebody, if there's anyone, if there's anyone who's listening, just came, um, because of this description, but yeah, yeah. You're in serious trouble. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to give you guys an opportunity. I'm going to give Comet and Pascal an opportunity to get involved here. 
before Donato is just attacked by this orc. Comet is behind Pascal. Pascal's leading the way. If you would, if you would be interested in a defend role, you could try to do that to help Donato out. Does that make sense, or should it be like some other kind of thing? Because that that is a failure. But to have one of you guys like kind of try to jump back and intervene or get involved. Yeah, failures can be soft moves. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah, or they can be hard. It's up to you. I mean, I have you other stuff. Say there. I have other stuff going on in the background with this, so. Um, I have a question. Go for it. Um, would I have enough of a reaction to to cast a spell? I don't think so. I think you would probably have to use a defend move to. You could cast a spell in a little bit. Okay. But this would be the kind of thing of like I need to get involved in this. I or. And this is a little annoying because it's then two rolls. You could. <laughs> Do a defy danger to see if you can defy the danger of being able to act quickly enough in his defense to then cast a spell. Could I pull the back of his collar and pull back? Or is he too far away from me? I think you could do that, but I think that'll still just probably most like best just be represented mechanically as a defense, a defend move. I'll take okay. a defend move. Yeah. Um, so if we want, I could try to defend, and then one of the, my options I have is open the attacker to an ally, which that would, I assume, let Comet do a spell, assuming I'm successful. <laughs> yeah, that could work. All right, yeah, let me try that if you're cool with that, Justin. Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Never mind, I'm not. I got a six. Ooh, <laughs> all right. Oh, unless you want to help or something. There's an option. Oh, I guess either. Well, okay. So let me let me describe what I'm doing. I guess, right? So when we hear the scream, we're going ahead. We're rushing ahead, maybe a little too fast. And then uh, I assume this bright light happens. Maybe it like bounces off the walls of the the hallway. Oh yeah, thing the, we're running down. The 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 hallway behind you lights up in this crazy, yeah, terrifying neon explosion. Yeah, haunted house light. So. Yeah, Pascal just whips around and sees uh, this, you know, uh, horrifying orc warrior threatening Donato. And he's like, uh, maybe he just bangs his spear against like the side of the wall to hopefully make a, a reverberation to get her attention and just tries to uh, do his best to step in front. And he's not looking down. So perhaps Comet or Donato could be like, don't fall, you idiot, <laughs> or something like that. Oh, but maybe he'll say, uh, "Are you look? Are you looking for someone to attack, friend?" To the orc woman, and that's and he's gonna splash over to her, but I mean, not make not very well. It would make the most sense if Comet, as the person like behind him, immediately behind him, was the one to help in that situation. Right. So it would it would exclusively just be a defensive. It wouldn't be able to do a a spell. At, at this point, it would be trying to help. Pa if if this is what we did, it would be trying to help Pascal mm -hmm. defend Donato, and give you the opportunity to have an advantage in casting a spell. So yeah, we're on magic card rules now. We got the stack going. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I would prefer to do that if I could try to do a, a, a spell on her. Sure. So then, your first thing though would be to roll if you're going to help. I'm going to try gonna... to de-escalate the situation. De-escalate the situation? As best I can. Huh. That one's going to be tough. Um, can we just roundtable this? Sure. I mean, Donato, I mean, you can also just help in the situation, but you can literally help yourself being defended, which sounds goofy, uh, but... Uh, that That is a thing I, I should be striving for mechanically currently you you could do it only one of you can help him out uh, I, f I feel like it'd make the most sense if, if those two helped each other out given that's like, our that's that they... that's how i feel as well mm -hmm. so um if you're trying to d i just don't know how de-escalating this situation would go well it really just uh works if my spell works okay because if so, not someone's getting wrecked so, oh, so if, I think 
Oh, right now, the immediate threat is coming to Donato. Right. Pascal's goal is to defend him, to help him avoid getting hurt. Right. Is there a way that you would be helping him to help Donato or to defend Donato? I think so. Okay. Um, because my the spell I'm looking at is possibly doing hold person mm-hmm. and de-escalating the situation as in uh, if I can cast it, I can choose a person I can see and until I cast a spell or leave the presence, uh, they can't do anything except speak. So, uh, and Austin, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think the situation here, Justin, is that you don't have an opportunity to cast a spell, right. but I'm trying to make that opportunity for you, but I failed. So you can help yes. me just Got on that it. roll so that I can give you the opportunity to do that. <laughs> yes. Theoret- exactly. If that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. It's like the magic card stack situation. Right. So we're, we're, one, we're one step away from you being able to cast a spell. So either we, you can help him and do this, or you could just say like, or I mean, if you yeah, don't. I was trying to make an opening so you could do that, but I fucked up. <laughs> no worries. Uh, I will attempt then to uh, help Pascal deflect to buy me more time. Uh, and oh yeah, uh, just kind of a uh, just help me, like uh, what aggro <laughs> the person? Yeah, I guess. exactly. Um, can I? We're in like ankle deep water, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Can you I guys are kick the water I... up and just like splash it on her. Sure. Just like trying to distract this person. Yeah, I'm going to go poop water. <laughs> oh, and it's a disgusting fat water, too. If we lit the top of this water, it would just be like fire water. Oh, yeah, thank God none of you have torches. Yet. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so Comet, you would roll 2d6 plus 1, assuming that you still have a bond with Pascal. Yeah, we still have a bond. And if you um, want to cons- take that bond into consideration, which I know you in the past were trying to convert him. Right. Uh, at this point, I'm just trying to... He's the strongest and the he's the mightiest. I don't want to... I don't want him to get, you know. And, you know, Donato I ha- is a good man. I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want any of my friends to get hurt other than he's been hurt. Um... So it's 2d6 plus 1 plus... Or is just a straight... Just a plus 1. 2d6 plus 1. Okay. That is a 7. 7. Just made oh, it. Oh, I got I rolled a 6. <laughs> so your 7 kicks his, uh, his 6 up to 7. Hell yeah. And so he's just barely able to kind of step himself in the way. And uh, what's what's the game plan here, David? Yeah. Well, now I'm going to do something different. No, just kidding. <laughs> that would be hilarious. No, I'm going to um, use my option to open up the attacker to an ally, specifically Comet, and also you get a plus one to this uh, attack. All right. Or whatever you use. David, okay. could you, for me, could you roll a d6 for me? David's doing this? Yes. Sure. And I think this I think this orc is attacking this is the orc attacking Donato. Mm, five. Five. Could you you're taking seven damage with one piercing. So math that out for yourself. I think you have armor that gives you I think you do only you only take six. Yeah, that sounds right. It was seven and one piercing. Right. Okay. So yeah, so in the process of defending Donato, um, tell me, tell me what that looks like. Where this orc is going to hit you with, uh, a, and a, we've had these orcs using axes. Maybe this orc's using a different kind of weapon. We've had them using javelins and axe and bearded axes. Is this orc using a different weapon? And if so, what? And what does this look like as you're pulling Donato kind of out of the way, getting hit and letting Comet? get this opportunity to cast this spell is this like a like a mini boss type thing like a really intense person they if they end up being that that'd be awesome but i just i just have them as one of the regular orcs oh gotcha um 
first thing I thought of was Spike Chain, the dumbest D&D weapon. But do you want to go with that? Or is that too ridiculous? We we can. Sure. Okay, go, go with it. So yeah, this is... Um, yeah, but but so keep keep painting the picture for us. So they have this spike. They have a spike chain in one hand. They just splorched this eyeball that glowed all over the place. You turned around and oh, maybe to to keep uh, Pascal looking pretty cool. Um, she kind of swings this, you know, like the uh, the junkyard fight, like a chain over your head kind of thing, and then uh, whips it around. And he, oh, <laughs> nice try, friend. And puts his spear up to uh, block it, but then it wraps around and like still gets him. He's like, "Oh, I'm not trained to fight against a fucking spike chain. This sucks." And still, like maybe like goes against or uh, scratches against like his armor and goes right into it. Like all the scale, like the the shine of the scales kind of fall off into the water. All right, and uh, and how does it open? But but it opens her up for Comet to do something. Oh yeah, maybe so his spears like the or the chains wrapped around the spear rather, and he yanks it like trying to get free maybe does get free, I guess. And but it yanks her like maybe ninety degrees or something to the side, so she's facing a different direction now. And Comet's like, Oh, don't mind if I do. Alright, Comet. Well, it sounds like the perfect opening for you, and you get Ooh. a plus one to this. Uh so the um the the action he's immediately going to do is like a timeout, uh, and I'm going to cast hold person uh, in a panic. Um, so it actually would be a straight roll because I have that negative one. Oh shit! Oh, but plus your wisdom too. I think still. It least. is plus your wisdom. Does that change it? I got snake eyes. No, boyo. Nope, doesn't change it too much. I got four. Is four good? I'm no, gonna get four's, wrecked. Four is not good. Thanks for joining us for This American Dice Presents Dungeon World The Fate of Blackburn the Lesser, Episode 7. Our show today included David as Pascal, Carl as Donato, Justin as Comet, and Jared as Farley. Austin was your Game Master. Dungeon World is a game by Adam Cobell and Sage Latora, if I'm saying those names correctly. Additional music for this episode included Shadow Man by Lobo Loco and Street Life Silent Film, also by Lobo Loco. Be sure to check us out next Thursday for our long game, This American Monster, and our short games on Friday. That's where you'll find this game. Saturdays up on YouTube, our YouTube channel. That's where you'll find our long games that have been getting kicked off of our website and thus our podcast feed. Sundays you'll find our short games that have been getting the same treatment. So you got four weeks. Nope, you've got four days. Four days every week. That's what it is. Check out our Facebook, our website, thisamericandice.com or .net. And otherwise, tell a friend. If you could leave us a review or a rating... That'd be fantastic. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next week on this. I'm very nice. Do you remember Coach Carl? Yeah. So Coach was this very obese man who was one of the coaches at our high school. Oh, God. And um, he was one of the coaches of the wrestling team. And he was a character. He was a very old school guy where you're like, uh, what's your deal? He had like <laughs> he had that look. He had that look of... Um, you know, like a the term a gin blossom. <laughs> yeah, no. the, like the, that, the, like the thing that, that thing that happens to your nose when you're like oh, a guy who no. just drinks so much. Got like, I drink a lot, and I don't Give have it, it yet. But your nose doesn't have doesn't blow up and have rosacea. Right, exactly. Yeah. So he looks like he looks like he looked like Jimmy Durante kind of, and then um, but he was so heavy. And, you know, most guys, when they get that huge gut, they wear their pants under their gut. Right. Which is not a good look, but whatever. He was like, nope, my waistline is my waistline, world. 
And so he wore pants that had to have a waistline that was like a hula hoop. He wore clown and, pants. Yeah, basically. And it was like, those are the pants that fit him. And so when you said chode jeans, I was like, <laughs> you're like, I know someone who wore them. I remember that. What's going on? Yeah. It's me. <laughs> oh, hey, everyone. Don't yeah. tell your parents. We'll both get in trouble. <laughs> I got to go, guys. I, I've had so much wine. I got to go, guys. I got to go. I have a court appearance I have to make. <laughs> I have a court appearance in that voice I'm going to make. Yeah. Your Honor. I'm Your deeply, Honor. I deeply regret and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The one you know positive what? that has come out of this is that I've turned to Christ. <laughs> I was going to go <laughs> Shawshank Redemption with it. Go, if I go out, I'm going to do it again. Yeah. You son of a bitch. Or, or be like, <laughs> I used to be Snagglepuss. Now I'm Snaggle X. I've yeah. joined the nation of Islam. Snagglepuss. <laughs> I don't really think that's even the Snagglepuss voice. That's not his voice. No, it's not. is like stage left even. Beats me. It's been so long. Yeah, he's like more that. more cool. No, I was doing Mad Hatter. Since Jared's not here, it wouldn't be a great idea for you guys to be like, we have to save him. So let's kind of just. We have to save him. Yeah. No man left behind. No man left. We're Marines. God damn it. (laughs) Um, Like Semper Fi. And I'm the one fat Marine. And I'm like more like Semper Fudge. Uh, that's stolen from the Simpsons. Oh man. So all of a sudden, as you guys light your way in here, it's like a scene at a Mandy all of a sudden. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, euphoria, but yeah, okay. both those work. Well, like um, we all have like crazy sparkly eye makeup. Yeah. You're all very sparkly. <laughs> Pascal, sparkly are you in cool. Oklahoma? Why are you dressed like you're in Oklahoma? Is that where euphoria takes place? No, it's a whole. It's you, Euphoria guys will get it. Okay, the whole scene. <laughs> you, your foreheads, my your forehead. <laughs> foreheads. Uh, okay. I'm a I'm a Zen diehard fan. Somebody somebody pointed out that for a while the big action movie stars accepting superheroes, which is stupid to make that exception because so much action movies are superhero movies. The big action movie stars were all bald men. Mm. So it's all The Rock, Jason Statham, the, uh, Vin Diesel. Bruce like that, that, yeah, that they're yeah. the they're, okay. Bruce Willis. Yeah, like they're the big names that come into these movies. And they're all That's guys fair. that are very famously bald. That's a good point. You know, it's you, you lose your hair when you have too much testosterone. So. There must yeah. be some relation there. That's as that's why as a simpering cuck, I still got the all of us are just gorgeous completely locks. like covered in hair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Me and my friend have a long running joke because uh, you know the first Robin is like a full grown man, but we just <laughs> yeah. keep thinking it's really funny if he was like forty year old, forty years old, and he was still Robin, yeah, like still wearing the Burt Ward speedo, and he's like, "You're going to jail, black mask." And he's like, "Please <laughs> stop talking like that. Please stop." He's like, "You're gonna have to go back to Arkham. I'm a little boy detective. Like that's that's our character, little boy detective, little boy, little boy detective." Sally Penguin, you're going to Arkham. And he's like, please, just put me in a coma. Like, I don't want to <laughs> deal with this. Like, I can see your hernia. Stop. <laughs> That's essentially uh, Barnacle Boy, when you think about it. It is. But Barnacle Boy is less p- playful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's very much just an old man. It's me, Batman. And I'm the boy Wonder. And it's like, dude, come on. You have an AARP card. Stop. <laughs> It's me, but Ward. It's me, but Ward. Whittle birdie. All right, I have an un... It's not very artful, but I got a way to do this. It's 15 minutes of fart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right? Uh, Not artful, but plenty fartful. Fartful goes west. (laughs) 